Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about the role of automation in the workplace and how a hybrid work environment can provide both challenges and opportunities to a more productive and streamlined workplace. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Sean Herring, Chief Marketing Officer at Airslate, a $1 billion plus tech unicorn and leader in e-signature and workflow automation solutions. Sean, welcome to the show. Greg, thank you for having me. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Um, why don't we get started by you giving a little background on yourself and your role at Airslate? A uh, little background would be 20 plus years in marketing, technology, we're a combination of marketing and technology. Um, I've been lucky enough to work for companies uh, that have been acquired, that have acquired, and even gone public. Uh, so I've seen a lot in my experience, and currently I have the pleasure of leading uh, the marketing team uh, in the chief marketing role uh, over at Airslate, and I've been here for almost coming up on a year. Great, great, wonderful. Well, so we're here today to talk about the role of automation and some of the opportunities it presents in the in the workplace. So first, uh, why don't you um, provide a little more detail about what Airslate does and who your typical customers are, kind of to kind of frame things here. Yeah, absolutely. We um, we currently have over 100 million users on our platform of solutions. Uh, we have a million paying customers, but out of that. The hundreds of millions of users that end up using the product, whether it's for free um, or on trial. And we usually see uh, the best fit for our customers are the prosumer, so professional consumer, SMB, and mid-market size companies. Um, we have a lot of enterprise companies that come in and use our platform of solutions. But what we find is it's really, really good for those companies that are looking to scale, that are looking to become much more efficient, and often are the people making the decision as well as buying the solution uh, because it's all around getting their documents done. Yeah. Like our platform solution of solutions is all about, we want to provide everything you need to get your documents done. Whether it's editing PDFs or creating forms or e-signing documents, even as sophisticated as uh, automating your document workflows. We want to be able to give a point solution or a holistic solution all in one place, depending on your needs. So we find that a lot of people come in for one thing and then end up growing on our platform um, to needing multiple things as it goes from just simply editing documents all the way to a sophisticated workflow that has automation built in. Yeah. Got it, got it. And so 
you know, for all of these customers, um, as as well as just about any company out there, you know, everyone's been going through some kind of changed work environment, whether that was, you know, they started out pre-pandemic fully in the office and now they're some sort of hybrid or um, fully remote or, you know, some some variation in between, um, you know, they're, they're most likely working a bit differently than they were a few years ago. So what are some of the challenges that you've seen companies face in this hybrid world of work? I think a lot of people are, from what we have seen, a lot of our customers give us feedback that uh, it's your office no longer is what it used to be because your office is interconnected with not only what where your workspace is, but those around you. So you have your customers, you have your partners, you have fellow employees. And so everybody is is experiencing change because it's like a ripple effect. One of those areas that we're seeing is a lot of people feeling like it seems like it takes a lot more effort to get something done than it used to in the past. Whether it's, I can't just walk over to that person or people aren't responding to the email as quickly. We're seeing people really struggle with why has it become so much harder when we should be so much more efficient or it should be more simple to get things done with everything being electronic at this point. Yeah. We're finding people are are really struggling and feeling like uh, I keep pushing this boulder up the hill and I need something that's just going to simplify my life, not give me more work to do. Yeah. And that's what we keep hearing from our customers is if there's any way that you could take out some of this frustration of, st- of stuff that I need to get done, I would greatly appreciate it. And we also find that it's not just one type of person. It could be a salesperson. It could be an HR person. So it's really not, it's not generalized to one specific department um, or even level. We're seeing from individual contributors all the way to executives just struggling with as the market swings from one side to the other, you know, it might be a boom or it might be a bust depending on what industry you're in. Right, right. The last thing you want to do is not be able to get your work done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, then to that to that point, how does automation help uh, solve some of these challenges, help, you know, help help streamline things and, you know, help companies navigate what seems to be, to your point, a, a continually changing work environment? Uh, whether people agree with me or not, uh, I like as much as you can provide simplicity to people where automation in particular is really good when you start small. Start with something that you are doing repetitively over and over and over that you could basically go, I wish something could just do A, B, and C for me that you're doing yourself. And so we find that with sometimes that you have to send out an NDA to someone and you constantly do that over and over and over to your sales rep or an onboarding document or something else, but start with small little bite-sized chunks. And automation, you'll start to find it's one of those things that it's like that 1% every day. You'll find out after a month of working towards something that you're like, wow, that used to take me eight hours a week. I'm spending eight minutes a week on it now. But it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It is one of those things like working out. Once you start to build that muscle of automation, then you start to see other opportunities but we often find people try to go too far and too fast to try to make something extremely sophisticated, extremely, and it ends up being extremely complicated. 
So automation for us has been very much start simple, start small. And then you'll see the snowball effect. Oh, I got that automated. Now I could link it to this. Yeah. And what we find with our customers is documents at the core of their business, whether it's internal or external. That's usually the most frustrating part when you're like, okay, we've agreed on everything. Now let's put it in writing. Yeah. That usually is the the lag, right? And so if you can automate certain things where it pulls that data for you, or you've already got the template built and you could just go, hey, while we're on the phone, check your email. I just sent you what we just agreed upon. That makes life so much easier, but it is bite-sized chunks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you touched on something else as well, which is, uh, I think once you wrap your head around that automation, it, it, on the surface, uh, I know everybody probably understands automation is, is intended to help people do things better. But once you really wrap your head around that, oh, wow, I can apply it in this way, this way, this way, you know, all of a sudden it's kind of, it, it does kind of snowball and you can, can kind of see um, how all this, you know, how, how it can continue to help in, in new and, and sometimes unexpected ways to, to kind of make that real for, for those listening. Can you give an example of, you know, how a company's used AirSlate in order to, to achieve some better results in, in a hybrid environment? No, absolutely. Um, so I've got two. Um, one, our own company, our onboarding process, so our HR team and legal team have basically built a process where I would say probably 90% of it is automated at this point in time where nice. we have onboarding documents. We have not only things that we need to serve to you, but things that we need to get signed by you, things that we need to then schedule follow-ups with. And what, what I have found through the onboarding process is it's just really nice to see when you see something coming through and you can't tell if it's automated or not, but it hits at the right time, you don't need, you don't worry about what's on the back end of that because you're the user as I was onboarding. And I was like, oh, this is pretty impressive. Like these guys are really on the, they're really on the job. And meanwhile, our HR team's like, oh no, that's an automated workflow. I was like, oh, okay. well, it's funny. I didn't even know it. It kind of felt personal, but they've been able to automate so many little things that add up to a lot of time. Um, so that's one example, of like an HR team, but like we have a university, uh, that has really focused on, they used to send contracts back and forth. Um, the Claremont graduate university is an example. Yeah. They used to send them back and forth all the time for faculty to become employed. They'd have to have all kinds of updates on a word doc getting changed to a different word doc to getting changed to a different word doc. And then by the time they were done, they're like, who did what? I can't yeah. tell what's going on. <laughs> right. Uh, and it would go from, I mean, a single document would take three weeks to two and a half months. Wow. They were able to get that down to minutes. And it was just because they figured out all the steps that were involved and they were able to build it across multiple departments. And by that time, you know, you're going from three weeks to a couple months to a couple clicks. And like that kind of example is, is key where now everything's signed, everything's done. You got things in folders and nobody's upset on either end of how frustrating it was, right? Like, oh, you misspelled my name or um, who put that in there? I don't know where that's at. Or I signed this document, but you signed that document. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been a part of any kind of process where you signed something or given your information more than once, 
it tends to get frustrating, especially if you're the <laughs> IE customer. Yeah. You know? You're like, I'm trying to give you my money. Why won't you take it? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can uh, I can empathize with that one for sure. Um, so yeah, let's yeah. Um, I won't call out yeah. I won't call out any specific profession. But I, I I could I could just say I've I've had a couple appointments where I'm like I've given six people the same information. Right. How right. is this not being captured somewhere? I'll just write it down on a note card and hand it to you guys next time, like a business card. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about the role of automation, you know, more broadly and, you know, how companies can optimize productivity and as importantly, understand what's working and, and what isn't with, with all of this. So, you know, I, I would imagine any business would agree that greater productivity is a good thing, um, but they often disagree on how to achieve it. How can they measure the impact of automation in a way that can best highlight the ways to apply it? Uh, we found there's two ways. One way is it's saving you time and or money. Yeah. The other one is it's making you money or giving you back time, right? So it's, it's one or the other, depending on your perspective. And when we start to look at it, we start to look at how can you scale one person's efforts to make it look like or seem like it's multiple people. And so if you have a single person in HR and they've gone through an onboarding process or legal or whomever, and it takes X amount of time to get 10 people through the process. Well, when you're going to 20, 30, 40 people, can that one person still do that? Yeah. Then you look at the savings of, you've just saved yourself headcount, you've just saved yourself time and effort, you saved all that kind of stuff. Or you could look at it from the sales side. You could look at it as I have a sales and marketing side. I have a sales rep that's much more productive. They're spending eight hours a week prospecting when they used to spend that doing paperwork behind the scenes and they're making more money. They're hitting their quota. They're actually able to do the sales job, not the paperwork job. Yeah. And so what we've seen is we see it on the productivity metrics are more things are getting done with less people that have to, like it, it doesn't equate equally, right? I get a lot more done, but I don't have to hire exponentially more people to get it done. Yeah. So we find that that's generally the measure of value is people's productivity increases massively when they get a handle on automation. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Basecamp. Throughout my career, whether it was at my own agency or now as a consultant, Basecamp is what we rely on to help keep projects on track, on schedule, and on budget. It takes a straightforward approach to project management, it streamlines workflow management and definitely keeps the team in the loop and on top of ongoing updates, which all are major components in a smooth running operation. No matter if it's a simple campaign or a multi-million dollar project, Basecamp has been a key ingredient in the recipe for a successful project and business. If you're struggling with projects, sign up for Basecamp. Their pricing is simple and they give you all their features in a single plan. No upsells, no upgrades. Go to Basecamp.com slash Agile, that's Basecamp.com slash A-G-I-L-E, and try Basecamp for free. No credit card required and cancel any time. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the show. So there's also a, 
a phenomenon that happens, I'm sure you're aware and, and listeners are aware as well, which is, okay, you know, something works well in one application and then uh, the the non-strategic way of, of thinking would be, oh, okay, well, it worked so well there, let's apply it everywhere and, you know, sort of indiscriminately, let's just, let's just apply it. <laughs> it, you know, are are there times when automation alone is not the answer? You know, not it. Maybe it's a part of the picture, but it's not. You know, it's not the only solution. You know, so you know the question is, what should companies be looking for and how they apply automation in in order to make it most effective? Uh, that's actually a very, it's a very telling question um, that we've started to see. What's the value behind it? Yeah. The real value, yeah. and. We've seen multiple layers. Like we could talk about what you save or what you make as far as what automation can do. Uh, but there's an intrinsic employee value as well. Yeah. So you have kind of the hard stuff and the soft stuff. What I've noticed with people that are able to embrace automation and not try to like spread it across everything is they really look for those things that are not adding value to their employees. Hmm. Yeah. Generally, you'll hear from your employees, like, what do you spend the I usually use this as an example where I'll ask a question of like, where where are you spending your time? Give me, give me a pie chart, ballpark it for me. Yeah. Okay. And then give me a ballpark on where uh, a pie chart on what are the things that you're doing that provide the most impact. And what you usually see is between those two things, there's a discrepancy. I'm spending a ton of time on things in my first pie chart that didn't make it into my second one. Yeah. Why am I spending that much time on that? And that simple kind of like exercise doesn't have to be scientific, but it just gets people to open their eyes and go, wow, I'm legitimately doing a lot of stuff that doesn't really move the needle for me at all. And that employee satisfaction, you can feel it. Yeah. You can just feel like, I don't feel like I'm making a difference. Now we all work for a paycheck, but we also work, you know, to, to create value for ourselves, to have a purpose. And it's pretty sad when your purpose is just to spend time on stuff that doesn't do anything. Yeah. So what we find is like, don't, don't try to apply it to everything, apply it where it's, it's going to add value to the employee that's doing the work because you get more value to that employee. They add more value to your organization. Yeah. And so that's where I, I, I would say this peanut butter approach of like, let's do everything. Let's automate everything. Well, that's where you get in trouble. Yeah. Because maybe you do need to, you know, take a stepwise approach. Maybe you should be looking at things a little bit more descriptively. Maybe everything shouldn't be automated. Or maybe you're not ready for it to be automated. That's what I find more often is the case. Yeah. Do you actually have a business process that's ready to be automated? Like, you got to go through the questions. Like, if then kind of almost like product development. And a lot of people are trying to automate things that they don't know how, how they happen manually. Well, that's where you get in trouble. Yeah. So start with the stuff that's time consuming, yet massively invaluable compared to other things. Yeah. And that's where I think that, that we've seen our customers really, really leverage solutions like ours is they just go, I'm going to start small. It'll add up. And then I'll spend my time on that other stuff. And they become much happier about it too because they're like i finally feel like i'm doing something worthwhile yeah yeah and it's it's technology that's truly helping instead of just changing the way that i did stuff for the last five years or 
yeah. or however, like it's truly adding value. And I think that's what, you know, all, all the talk about, you know, AI replacing workers or this or that, you know, any, any sort of naysayers about automation in general, like, I feel like the, the truth of the matter is, you know, the, that could be done, I guess, but it's not, it's not going to work very well. It's, you know, the true, the true value is in augmenting what people are doing. And to your point, you know, I think the, I always think in terms of like the 80, 20 rule of, you know, to, to exactly what you were just saying, it's like 80% of someone's work is probably the least valuable part of, you know, uh, to the company. It's that 20% that is really bringing value, but if they could only get some help with that 80%, man, you know, not only would they be happier, but the company would be more valuable. Right. So yep. I, I, th I think there's something in that. I would totally agree. I think you're you're hitting something uh, that's there's this this weird thing that we're seeing. You, you can automate a lot of stuff, but also if you start to think about it, a lot of stuff has already been automated for years before now. Think about email. Think about computers. Think about everything else. It right. it has changed and it will continue to change. Automation could kill certain things, but it also opens up other things, and there's augmentation in between. Yeah. And I think that's the piece right now is those that are understanding that automation doesn't have to be scary. Like if you embrace automation, it embraces you. Yeah. And you could become a part of it. You could help to build it instead of being the one that gets replaced by it um, and have that fear of constantly not know what's happening. And it's really easy. I mean, candidly, there's a lot of things like e-signature is a, fo a form of automating a handwritten signature. Well, that's been around for years, decades. Yeah. And people yeah. Are, are finally starting to embrace it and realizing, oh, it's not putting me out of a job. It's actually helping me with my job. Yeah. Great. Yeah. How do I do more? Absolutely. Well, yeah. So last topic I wanted to talk about a little bit here is just, I want to talk a little bit about AirSlate's success and um, a little bit about what you see coming down the future of, of automation. So first thing is, um, Airslate is what's known as a unicorn. So, you know, a company valued at 1 billion or more and, you know, obviously has achieved a lot of success already from your perspective, what are, you know, what are some of the unique aspects of the company that has helped, you know, create this unicorn and, you know, create, you know, contributed to the success. There's been a few key things and actually it was, uh, the things that stood out to me in, in joining this company, this company in particular has been built on this ethos from the founders around efficiency and the people that are involved in it, bringing them along in the process. And when you look at efficiency, how do we acquire customers? What are they going after? How do we learn from it in a really, really data-oriented view? I mean, there's data at this company that I can de definitely say we are using for good, but shows so much information about how to improve things whether it's on how we acquire customers, how we engage with them, how we push things through. But data is, is at the forefront of everything that this company does. And I think it's allowed us, especially as the market has swung in a different direction for a lot of companies, it's actually allowed us to really start to take advantage of, like we are at the point where we're pushing forward in this market instead of retreating. Yeah. Um, we have an efficient model. We know the unit economics. Um, we understand what it takes to acquire customers in different segments and different areas. 
And we've really mastered that approach of building and in, ingratiating that, that kind of mentality towards everything that we do. Uh, so really, it really pulled me in and intrigued me because it was something that I had seen in other companies, but this company, it was almost like I can get my PhD, I feel like, yeah. uh, in marketing by graduating from this, you know, this course that Airsley could teach me about what I didn't know around the data. I think the other part is when I said, bring the people along with it, there were a lot of people that I wouldn't say came in and said, I'm an expert at this, but have become experts at different disciplines because of the company's methodology of bringing people up and through a process and not just saying, well, I've been, I've been doing this for 15 years. Just trust me. No, the data will tell us. Yeah. Yeah. The data will tell us the, the customers will tell us like, we don't have uh, a ego about anything. If the data tells us something different than what we believe. And that's honestly like that is not something I've seen in many other companies. Yeah, companies that, might have an ego great. about how they present or how they brand. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's it's humbling as a marketer because sometimes you want to say like, no, we have to do it this way. Right. But that's just because I want it to be that way, not because it works for the customer or because the data is telling me. Yeah. It's a very interesting approach that has allowed us to sit firmly where we're at right now and have a very good hold on what's coming where most companies are really struggling at this point. That's great. That's great. Well, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, a lot about workplace automation already, but you know, where do you, where do you see the future of workplace automation headed and how is AirSlate positioning itself to, to be there? I think the, the future for us is we, we can see it very clearly right now across all the different products that we have. There is a massive push, uh, and if it's not a push, the market is pulling it towards automation of the middle office, if you will. Mm. All that stuff that happens behind the scenes, you know, like I've talked about HR and legal or even sales, it's that middle office runs on documents usually. To get stuff done, you have to push documents to different places to really onboard employees or get contracts signed or you name it. Well, all of that is 100% capable of being automated in some way, shape, or form. It's just companies are starting to realize now that it's becoming a must-have instead of a nice-to-have. Those that are realizing that and actually that are just pointing their initiatives towards being more efficient in between what's going on in between departments with documents are seeing they don't need to hire 10 more people they don't need to have a whole department. Like each department can kind of manage their own thing and it becomes much more self, they're much more efficient on their own. Yeah. Uh, and they can kind of own their own destiny. So you've seen this whole democratization of software pushing ownership all the way down the org. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is that middle office piece that what well, you might call the non-sexy stuff. Yeah. Well, let automation take care of that. And let your people work on the more valuable things. And what we are seeing is a clear, like, we're painting a target on that for ourselves and going, we are going to be the place that not only automation can happen, but also we're building an ecosystem around it that if you have ideas that allow you to automate something that's not just for your company, but could be a, like a, a bot that could sit on your automation that maybe 
takes a signed document and moves it over to a different folder and then kicks off a calendar invite to make sure somebody understands that we're going to have a kickoff meeting. Like yeah. they could do stuff around your documents. Yeah. That's where we see the future right now is let the automation do the, the, the work for you uh, when it comes to that middle office piece. That's great. That's great. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up, uh, you know, you've, you've given a lot of great advice already on this show, but, um, you know, what's, what's one piece of advice you would have for companies that may be struggling to achieve their pre COVID levels of productivity. And so, you know, looking, looking for solutions to increase productivity as the, as they navigate the months ahead. I honestly believe the exercise of doing for yourself as well as for your team. Listing out where you see it a lot of time being spent and then listing out where the, where the most valuable things are that you could be doing. And wherever there's a big delta between the two, those are the areas that you could probably fix with solutions, whether it's AirSlate or others like ours. It's all there in front of you. You just need to see it. And so I'd say that's the, probably the biggest thing is what do you see your time being spent on? Really, really take a look at that because you will find that you, you might think it can't be automated, but I can tell you almost anything can. So don't hide from it. Embrace it. Yeah, that's great. Great, great advice there. Well, Sean, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you and AirSlate are doing? Uh, I'd say mostly on, you can look at LinkedIn. Uh, we're starting to really ramp up our activities on LinkedIn and our social accounts. So you have AirSlate. We have a, other products called SignNow, US Legal, PDF Filler, and DACO under our portfolio of solutions. So on any of those, but I would say most likely on LinkedIn is where you're going to see the most valuable information. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Sean Herring, Chief Marketing Officer at AirSlate for joining the show. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.